0: This episode contains some strong language and explicit content. We believe in free expression and open conversations, and sometimes that involves using words that might not be suitable for all ages.
1: Tailored for the mature adult audience, we will pull no punches as we explore the intricacies of leading teams, managing conflicts, and fostering a culture of accountability in the workplace and in real life, too. Welcome to Fuck Around and Find Out, the no-nonsense, adult-oriented podcast series by the HR Lady that dives deep into the world of leadership, human resources, and the challenges of the modern workplace. If you're looking for candid conversations and a touch of humor, you're in the right place. Remember, in the world of leadership and HR, it's always better to be proactive than to, well fuck around and find out hey everybody welcome back it's wendy sellers the hr lady with my co-host jc hey jc
0: what's up wendy how are you
1: i'm fantastic just uh, getting through labor day and recovering from labor day you know attempting to take a time off that didn't actually happen <laughs> i'm gonna
0: tell i'm gonna tell you something no one can see you right now but i can and on camera <laughs> Your hair is not like slick back as much as it normally would be. You must have been trying to pull it out of the bun a little bit today. I don't know. A little stress? Talk to me. Talk to me.
1: Lots of stress. Lots of stress. Good stress, though. You know, stress is good. Sometimes I actually do really well. Um, under stress but I looked at my calendar this week uh, for this week last week during a hurricane and I, I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god so I, I did work over the weekend to catch up for those of you that don't know I am in Florida and we had a hurricane here so my plans got completely thrown off and then even though nothing really happened there's a lot of anxiety that goes along with that and so during a hurricane, I'm thinking, all right, I'm just going to sit here and work. Yeah, right. I'm pacing and pacing, <laughs> you know. So needless to say, I'm very fortunate that um, me and my friends and my family in the area did not get displaced from the hurricane. And I feel really, really bad for all the people, especially in rural areas that uh, are still suffering and will be suffering quite some time because of a hurricane. With that said, what I wanted to talk about today uh is mother nature god related ish it's about religious discrimination in the workplace for those of you that do not know and you probably do but not everybody is glued to hr news like i am but for those of you that do not know not too long ago the supreme court of the united states have made some changes to um court case decisions or I shouldn't say they made changes they made recommendations based on religious discrimination and uh, mo- many employers are like I don't know what to do because it's still all up in the air uh if you've ever heard of a case called groth and i'm probably pronouncing these wrong groth versus dejoy which is the postmaster general this was a long time ago where the Supreme Court said, hey, you have to give accommodations to employees in the workplace if they say maybe their schedule or the garb that you're making them wear um, conflicts with their religious beliefs. Uh, as long as it doesn't, uh, you know, as long as there is a de minimis standard, meaning eh, it doesn't really affect your business too much, but it is some kind of cost, then you can you don't have to accommodate. Well, today's Supreme Court, all of them said, nope, you have to accommodate to those employees. And they then sent it back to the original court saying, hey, look at this. And um, we, we strongly recommend that you reconsider the matter. So, J.C., What that means is the Supreme Court has decided, we don't like the original decision. We're changing it, but we're not really going to change it yet. We're telling this other court, the Third Circuit, which is in Philadelphia or Philadelphia area, that you have to reconsider your original decision. That was in June, June 29th of 2023, to be exact. It is now September, a couple months later, and employers are going, okay, what's happening? What's going on? What do we do? Do we have to bend over? Or do we have to have to not bend over to these employees who are asking for religious accommodation? Have interesting. you heard of any of this, JC? Uh,
0: yeah. 22-174 Groff versus Joy six twenty nine twenty three. Quote, the Supreme Court held that to deny religious accommodation as a, quote, undue hardship, end quote, requires an employer to show that it would, quote, result in substantial increased cost in relation to the conduct of its particular business. End quote. So that's that's like the the overall gist that I had as a takeaway from that one. Um, to your point, though, like extrapolating that and putting that into practical application within the workplace now within the September timeframe. Uh, so so this is this is basically saying that it's a gray area large enough to prove or a, afford a good faith defense of undue hardship. If it results in increased cost, and then if we're talking about increased cost, does then said employer reach the point of saying increased cost would include if someone needs to step away for midday prayers for one hour and they're going to wind up using a half hour of their own lunch time, but then a half hour, I will afford them a half hour of company time, but I'm not going to pay them overtime on the day. It's an undue hardship. And then now I have a increased cost if I have to pay them overtime to keep work. Like, how granular is this going to get? I'm, I'm having a hard time finding anything case law specific since the yeah. opinion was published uh, back in back in June. It's going to be intriguing to see what what's unveiled on this one.
1: It is. It really is going to be intriguing because it, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago, but it's long enough to say, OK, what all these employers are just left in the lurch right now saying, what do we do? So, I mean, most employers that I know are just saying, okay, do everything you can to appease the employee until we get some actual court decisions.
0: Go ahead. Yeah. So this, for anyone listening, this is not official legal advice by any stretch of the imagination. No, we're just talking current events and, and anything that you could Google that's out there is public knowledge. And, and basically standing here, the ruling overturned a lower court's decision. Like Wendy was telling you, they rejected the claim by Gerald Groff, a former mail carrier in the state of Pennsylvania. And Groff claimed that the Postal Service violated federal anti-discrimination law by refusing to exempt him from working on Sundays when he observes, uh, when he observes Sabbath. That's what it came down to at the end of the day. That's the right. premise of this entire thing. And uh, when, when we're looking at other religions and, and the, the effects of not providing legal accommodation, or, I'm sorry, uh, rightful accommodation, relig- rightful religious well, yeah. accommodation, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and trying to prove that undue hardship. And in this particular instance, it's undue hardship based upon the postal service and anti-discrimination law. It's like, wow, there's a, wow, wow.
1: Yeah. And then not only that is that original person who filed it, he ended up quitting his job and then filed it and and it got basically like nope it's dismissed it's that's too bad on you buddy but now it's like okay well now is he going to get something back you know in theory anyways here's my concern and why i have it on today's podcast which is fuck around and find out is listen employers please don't fuck around and find out because you're going to be one of you're not, you're going to be a case law example that we're all waiting for yeah but First of all, I want to say that I, I do think that um, on one hand, yes, people should have accommodations for disabilities, for medical condition, for religion. That is their right, you know, per our U.S. laws as they stand now. And if you don't like those laws, then vote um, and make sure your friends and everybody else votes as well. So first of all, I do think that people should have the right and the accommodation as long as they're not totally doing it just to screw the system or they're applying for a job that says, hey, the job's only Saturday and Sunday. You're not going to get Sunday off because that's going to be 50 percent of your job. Those ones, I think, are going to be a lot easier to determine what it's where it's going to be much more difficult to determine is if. I don't know. Your schedule is not Monday to Friday. Your schedule is a rotating schedule and all the employees have different rotating schedules. And then if uh, somebody, you know, John Doe says, I want Wednesdays off for my religion or I want Sundays off for my religion or Saturdays off for my religion. Fine. I also agree. That's fine if you're part time or even full time as well. But many people who do not have the same religion of you or no religion at all, then are going to be getting all the crappy work hours because of that person's religion. And I see, I was thinking about this Ooh. the other day is remember a time, JC, That's a good point. um, you know, early in our lives, because we're about the same age where stores weren't open on Sunday or they weren't open at night or they weren't open on the weekends. Well, if many Americans are claiming that, hey, we can't work on Sunday because of yeah. religion, then a lot of our businesses are not going to be open fully, if at all, on Sundays. Right?
0: Yeah. Because many yeah.
1: employees will say, even if they don't want, have religious beliefs, might just say, no, that's not what I'm signed up for. That's when I spend time with my kids or my family or whatever. Because if you have kids, then they're, they're only home Saturday and Sunday because they're in school. So it is going to be very interesting. One take that I, um, the hot debate that I see in the news is religious people appear to be considered more legally deserving than others to have weekend days off from work. And now I'm not saying that I agree with this or not, folks, but I'm just saying that this is things that employees are talking about and good old regular people are talking about. Unions are really stepping it up and saying, no, we want to make sure that all co-workers, all employees have an uh, an opportunity to rest on the weekend maybe you know get scheduled every other weekend but you john doe over here is saying you can't at all get scheduled on the weekend or we'll just say sunday for this case and therefore you have an advantage that other employees don't so again not saying it's right not saying it's wrong i just see there's going to be a lot more issues including employee turnover the lack of employee um attracting employees to certain jobs and then basically for every. At, for us customers, we're not going to be able to possibly have certain businesses open on the weekend, which means after we get done with our nine to six, like we wish we were done at 6 p.m., right, JC, <laughs> um, that we're going to then have to run to the grocery store or whatever on a Tuesday um, right after that, because they're going to be closed on Wednesdays and Saturdays and Sundays because there's not going to be enough workers. So I don't know. What are your thoughts there? You got any stats for me on uh, who's religious and who's not?
0: Yeah, I, I'm actually really intrigued by what you said in regards to the weekend hours and then also the thought of undue burden and, and the hardship on the employer in regards to changing their business model to accommodate more hours on the weekend, which would then potentially include overtime or time and a half. And then the the, the vicious spiral circles down. Yeah, I've got some numbers for you. According to a Pew Research Center survey conducted in March, most American adults, 82%, believe Muslims face at least some discrimination in the United States today, with a majority, 56%, believing Muslims face severe discrimination. And a University of Washington-led study found that religious discrimination is more common towards people who identify as Muslim or Atheists rather than Catholic or Protestant.
1: Yeah, and I think, thank you for those stats, because I really do think that, um, well, I know, based on who's on the Supreme Court, that this was mainly made in face of the Christian religion, um, and it turns out that they're actually not the ones that are mostly being discriminated against. So, uh, very, very interesting of uh, our country and, and, you know, what religions have power and what religions don't. And then how this comes down to the fact to face like, how you just mentioned how our milk is going to increase in price even more than it already is, because now you have to pay overtime for employees to be selling that milk or to be, you know, uh, you know what I'm getting at there. Our costs are going to go up as an everyday human being in the United States, in my opinion. I mean, we're going to see what happens. This all just came out at the end of June in that the original case, um, as of today at the time of our recording has not been changed or clarified or anything like that. So we're all kind of sitting here waiting. Like what do we do?
0: 110% just a gentle reminder from the EEOC's website, a great piece here An extrapolation for you. And I'll keep it very quick. As you know, the employer has to make reasonable accommodations for an employee's religious beliefs or practices, unless doing so would make running the business too hard. And this just, isn't about changes to schedules or time off for religious reasons. It's also other things, like what an employee wears or how they take care of themselves for religious reasons. These could include a wide range of things, like wearing a a headscarf or a religious head covering for Jews and Muslims, respectively. Some hairstyles or facial choices, like dreadlocks worn by Rastafarians or the uncut hair and beard of Sikhs may they may also fit into this group it also includes situations in which an employee can't wear certain clothes like pants or miniskirts because of religious rules so if an employer job applicant needs a religious accommodation for how they dress or look they should definitely tell the employer in writing if the employer has a good reason to want more information both the employee and the employer should talk about it the employer is required to make the change unless doing so would be too much of a burden. Again, not legal advice, straight from the EEOC's website. Just paraphrased a little bit to keep it simple for you.
1: Yeah, no, thank you for that, because it's not just about when I can and can't work, it's what I can wear, and then what I can be um, involved in, meaning even listening to. So, for example, uh, I believe, wrongly so, there are some organizations that might start a meeting with a religious um, thought or prayer, um, well, if somebody is not religious at all and they're an atheist or maybe a humanist, they need to be excused from that and not be held negatively accountable for that, from that little prayer situation that, in my opinion, shouldn't be in the workplace at all because we're not there to pray unless you're in a religious organization. So we'll leave that there too. There's so many things that we need to consider.
0: I have a question for you, Wendy. When it comes to, uh-huh. um, religious exception, to workplace laws, does it vary from state to state?
1: There are many states that may have their own um, laws as well. Off the top of my head, I don't know all of them, but I do know there are some, quite a few websites out there that have all the religious uh, websites. A lot of them, I was looking this up because I'm doing a training on this coming up soon, and I was looking up what states, a lot of the laws were um, that were created are kind of like, now, in line with the new Supreme Court decision. So, okay. the ones that I was spot checking uh, over the weekend when I was working, I actually saw that. I was like, okay, these were created in advance, but it's really about not, you know. I- I am not a religious person. I am an I am an atheist. I am a humanist. But everybody has their right to religion um, in their life. And I do not judge anybody for that. What I do judge them for is when they force other people to accommodate them and maybe take on more responsibility um, because you get certain rights and other people don't. So it's the same thing as you're saying, oh, women have to clean, but men don't, or men have to lift heavy things and women don't. And so we've got rid of all that nonsense already or we should have been and so it's going to be interesting to see where this ends up and if the original third circuit court in the philadelphia area makes any changes recommendations or they change the original case to see okay is there going to be money owed um you know back pay whatever it might be it's it's a it's a very very you know hotly um contested situation and it's honestly the people that in hr that i know and the employment lawyers that are saying like whoa this is a big game changer it's nothing against people who are religious it's about the fact that it's not necessarily seen as fair across the board um you do need to know our listeners do need to know and i'm sure you know already but there is you know religious accommodations that you you can go to the EEOC website and they give you great facts and great examples of religious accommodations and people do have the right to religion in the United States of America and to make sure that um they're they're not uh, discriminated or biased against because of their religion or please remember this, because I got in a huge argument with somebody about this one day, or their lack of religion. So, um, you know, we don't want to go into the Constitution here, but we are not a Christian nation. You know, we are uh, a nation free of religion, and the workplace should be that as well, in my opinion, my experience. It's just one more thing that causes... Um, you know, chaos and harassment and bias in the workplace. But people have the right to believe whatever they want. And if they need to have, you know, w- wear certain things or not wear certain things or take breaks to pray or do whatever they're doing based on their religion, then we as HR people and managers and business owners need to understand and be asking the right questions and make sure that we know that religious discrimination is 100% illegal. So now we're just going to have to, you know, find out ways around and find out to see what this court decision is going to be and i know i'm checking the EEOC every week saying okay has anything happened yet has anything happened yet because we don't know what to do
0: the interesting thing that i also find in this one too is how employers must demonstrate that the requested accommodation imposes that excessive or unjustifiable burden (coughs) pardon me there i'm sorry and uh how the supreme court defined excessive or unjustifiable in their opinion as one that significantly interferes with the employer's ability to conduct business was so vague in a way, almost intentional to where it was Foley and Lardner LLP had a piece that was dissecting this relating the similarities between this and the ADA and the test for ADA actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it is an interesting, interesting, uh, you know situation that we're we're dealing with here the one last thing i want to say before we we wrap up here is for those of you that are still sitting here going like, well, what do we do? You know, it, it's we have to wait to see if the what the third court's um, uh decision is going to be. But the Supreme Court has made it very, very clear that we as employers have to go above and beyond and accommodate. And, you know, the fact that it's going to be uncomfortable or not convenient to you to do that accommodation is no longer going to fly. And they're saying it was a mistake in the first place to allow allow the de minimis rule, meaning, okay, it affects us a little financially. Um, the other thing I want to say is be careful, um, to not be the employer who we're going to make an example of, of saying, okay, we want to have uh, we need to have your, your pastor, or whoever write you a note that says, yes, you are religious and you have a uh, religious and sincerely held beliefs. I, I and many lawyers that I'm following online, employment lawyers are saying, yeah, let's not do that. Let's not get into the making sure there's written documentation. Can you? Yes. There are, there's information that on the EEOC's website as well. But honestly, um, the, the Supreme Court, basically said, we're not getting into that. So they even said, we're not getting into the fact that um, it's okay or not okay to believe people just by their word or not believe them. So most of the lawyers that I'm talking to are saying just believe them unless you have reason to believe because of their prior actions or whatever it might be that they are lying. Um, I would almost never accuse an employee of lying about their religion. Same with their disability, too, by the way, um, or any other uh, EEOC characteristics. Yeah,
0: treat, treating the request similarly to uh, how they would treat other protected employees rights in the past is probably a a great way to go. Absolutely.
1: Some of the next steps that, you know, I think uh, before I wrap up here that you may want to do until we figure out what's going to happen with the Third Circuit case is take this as a word moving forward that, yep, we cannot discriminate on religious uh, accommodations and we have to bend over backwards to make sure that these employees feel comfortable and that that we are doing um, the best that we can to accommodate them, even though it's going to cost us time or money. You might want to also go and look, uh, do some audits of why are People being rejected, or why did people quit? Why did people get fired? Oh, they had write ups for not being here on Wednesday night. Oh, wait. Now it turns out it was because of their religion. Um, You could form an internal or external um, task force or committee to handle this, update your policies and your hiring procedures, um, and then train your managers and everyone who is involved in the hiring department. And then finally, definitely seek external legal counsel if you have a lot of uh, religious accommodations currently or you're getting more and seek uh, legal counsel that is specific to your zip code. Cause as JC mentioned previously, states might have their own laws and regulations as well. With that, with that said, thanks everybody for coming to our podcast today. Fuck around and find out on religious accommodation in the workforce.